Welcome to the Subtle Cane Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, broadcasting from the Aorta of America, beautiful festival city, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where we pump out reason and pierce through the propaganda. Here we go. Thank you for joining me today. I'm glad you could be here. If you are a returning listener, thank you for your continued support. If you are a new listener, welcome and we're glad to have you. Today's a little bit different. I wanted to just discuss a couple things that have been on my mind as of late. And, uh, well, I think they're pertinent, but today's going to be just a little bit less structured. Now, we've gone through in episode one a little bit of a philosophy 101 lesson. And then in episodes two and three, we talked about the allegory of the cave from Plato's The Republic. And it was a little bit of a groundwork, a foundation, so to speak, to kind of talk about how we analyze arguments, how we talk about evidence, and how we deal with information that might challenge our paradigm. And that was kind of the the launch point for for the podcast. And I want to continue in that vein in the sense that we will start taking on topics and looking at them through that lens. But I'll be honest, I have been less than pleased with things that I've seen around me. And what I want to do is be objective and I want to be fair and I want to I want to bring helpful conversation. I want to be someone who can present information, allow you to come to your conclusions about it, and try to stay as impartial as I can. But I think it would be a little bit of a disservice to the listeners of this podcast to not let you know that I am dismayed, to say the least, at the direction things are taking. I made short mention of the term technocrat, in the first episode, I believe it was. And I have a strong distaste for that approach to governance, so to speak. The level of control, the level of manipulation, and the level of dishonesty that I've seen coming from sources that you would want or you would hope would be more objective and just has been a bit disturbing. What am I talking about? I am discussing what we've seen happening over the last almost two years now. I'm not talking about necessarily the disease that's being called COVID-19. I am talking about the response. And a little bit of a, just a little background. I haven't said much about myself other than some generalizations. I am In the end stage of my bachelor's degree in nursing, I spent nine and a half years as a combat medic in the Army Reserve and actually specialized at one point in, well, disaster, EMS, and pandemic response. So all the different elements that go with that, which I could go into more now, I don't think that's necessarily productive, but I will flesh that out a little for you in the future. I suppose what I wanted to say, what I, what I think needs to be 
addressed. And what I think would be disingenuous of me to hold back is that I am deeply concerned about measures being taken. I'm deeply concerned about scientism. I'm deeply concerned about the idea of technocracy. Let me define that a little bit for you. Technocracy is basically a government run by technicians, guided solely by the imperatives of their technology. This first appeared in, uh, during the Great Depression. Essentially, technocrats are people who believe that only experts should run everything. So you have these classes of elite technicians or experts that are essentially the minders of society. They come up with all the imperatives based on their narrow worldview and believe, I'm sure, at least uh, largely, that they are doing it for what we call, or what they like to call, the greater good. I'm going to make a point here about that phrase, the greater good. An observation I have made looking through history is that no one phrase has caused more death, suffering, and destruction than the greater good. C.S. Lewis famously said, and I quote, Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. How apropos. We have a, a ruling elite. And whether or not you believe that they are well-intentioned, it does not take away from the fact that their good intentions are causing us, individuals, people who are supposed to be free, to lose more and more and more of our autonomy in life. I don't remember where I heard it, but it was recently, and someone said, if we invented cars now, we probably would not be able to license people to drive because we wouldn't trust them to do so. But since that ship has already sailed, we are allowing people to get their license. However, the amount of laws that restrict our ability to travel in various ways are ludicrous. The amount of laws in our society, in our country, in our localities, in our counties or states are so mind-boggling that there is no way that you have not at least committed one felony today. At what point, at what point is it enough control over the people in a society that you can keep them safe from themselves, from each other? When did safety become the most important thing to our society, to our culture? I'm not sure I follow how that happened. I'm going to look into it. The problem, I propose, of making safety the most important value is that it takes away all of the adventure from life. It takes away all the unpredictability. It takes away the things that made us great in the first place. It takes away that 
need for exploration, that need to test limits, to test boundaries, to be something more, to risk. If you restrict people's risk-taking to the point where they are no longer able to conquer new frontiers in life, you have essentially killed them. Read some of the accounts. I'm reading a book right now. It's called The Rape of the Mind by a gentleman named Joost Mirlu. He survived a Nazi prison camp. He was from Holland, and he was a psychiatrist. And so he went into the entire rise of the Nazi regime, watched it all happen, ended up becoming a a prisoner in a Nazi prison camp, and then analyzed everything that he had seen afterwards and wrote a book about it. Mind-blowing book, to be honest. It is a, a Pandora's box of sorts. Because you open it and you read these, these accounts, these mechanisms that are used to control people. And you realize when you look around, when you watch the news, when you read the paper, when you listen to conversations between people, that these are the very elements that were used by the Nazis and then by the Soviets. We are not immune. People always think, that can't happen here. That can't happen to us. That's them. That happened to them. But I'll tell you what. History has proven that tyranny is very patient. It waits and it festers and it always finds tools. Helpful little petty tyrants emerge, sanctimonious, self-satisfied, self-assured, not doubting, never doubting the mission, always doubting your ability to function properly. You can't be trusted. That is the statement that is being made to you. You cannot be trusted to make decisions about your own life, and therefore, we need to help you. For the greater good, we need you to violate your bodily autonomy in many, many different ways. Now, probably at the forefront of your mind, you are thinking the COVID-19 vaccine. Because, well, that's what's on the front pages right now. Mandates to get the vaccine. And I'm willing to discuss the vaccine. I'm willing to look at the, the medical journals and I'm, looking to, I'm willing to look through that I have some formal education and I have spent a lot of time educating myself. One of the things you'll find with technocrats is that you can't be trusted to educate yourself. Now I want to go back to philosophy for a second. When we're talking about technocrats, when we're talking about the experts, the experts have all the authority. Just look to the experts. They have the answers. In philosophy, there is a, a logical fallacy called appeal to authority. It's what happens when you don't actually have an argument, when you don't have evidence to support your premise. And so instead of making an argument, you appeal to authority. It is what is called a logical fallacy. It is not logical. It does not stand it is invalid. And so that is what we are seeing around us. We are being told, don't trust your own lying eyes. We are being told, you can't possibly know that. It doesn't matter 
what you're seeing. It doesn't matter if you are a world-famous immunologist. If you aren't following the narrative, then you need to be dealt with. You need to be silenced. You need to be told that you don't know what you're talking about. Now, I know this is a very different episode than the last ones I put out, and I know that maybe it comes across as a little bit of a rant, and I suppose it is. But when I go to school and I ask professors to give me evidence in support of statements that they make, and I am told that I just need to listen to the experts and that they don't have answers, they don't have the reasons, they don't have the data, they don't have what I'm asking for. But what they do have is one big foam finger and it points at the experts. That is an appeal to authority. And that is tiresome. It is tiresome. And it pains me greatly because it isn't just the medical side of things, right? I may be personally engaged in the medical side of things. And so that is at the forefront of my mind. But how many other things are being constantly regulated? How many 1,000-page bills are they writing in Washington, D.C.? Who's reading these bills? I'll be honest, I'm not. But I don't think the people voting on them are either. I don't know if there's a if there's any coming back from this. You keep on hearing people use the phrase, the new normal. I hate that phrase. And I don't like to use that word a lot. Of course, things are never what they were. That's the way time works. That's the way human existence works. But there should be elements of our lives that we can hold on to. It is hard to watch. It's hard to watch something that I care so deeply about. As I said, I I served in the military. I believe in the ideals that I was presented I I believed that freedom was worth taking a bullet for. I signed up when they said, who's willing to go on deployment? I I raised my hand. I'm not telling you that to blow my own horn. What What I'm trying to convey to you is that I sincerely believe what I'm saying. When I, when I am talking about the importance of human autonomy, of the ability for us to make choices about our lives, that I am talking from a place of true and honest conviction. I'm not just trying to be a rebel or stand out or I don't know what reasons people have sometimes, but I truly, I truly think that we were, we are all better off when we are more free. I truly believe that the more meddling in our society that we get from the experts, the more the quality of our life will dissolve. This always ends the same way. A small group of people at the top collect the wealth and the power, and they use that to gain control over the masses. We don't need them. We don't need their minding. We don't need their meddling. I'm not saying we don't need a government or we don't need some kind of a system to help us figure out how to keep the roads together, the infrastructure. There, there are many functions that we need to work together as a collective for. And the way things were set up, the way things were at least 
proposed to be set up. There was some very good minds involved. There was some very good thoughts about how to do that. And this experiment started off, however flawed, in a good direction. You know, there's a lot of people that look back on our history with such critical eyes and can't turn those critical eyes on our present. This idea, I don't know, does it stem from a hard Darwinist eugenics mind frame where somehow the only direction that human beings can go is up, that we can only evolve, and so as time passes, we are only better? Is it because we have fancier gadgets? I would argue that the fancier gadgets are just better tools sometimes for controlling us. Now, technology in and of itself is great. It's the people using the technology that have the power that trouble me. I know, not exactly an uplifting episode, not exactly something to send you floating on the clouds of bliss, but I just, I'll be honest, I just had a moment tonight. I, I, just, I just had a moment that I felt the weight. I, I just felt the weight of what's happening more intensely than I typically do. I want to go through different topics here. It, it isn't going to be all focused on just this one thing. But I'll tell you what, the thing is, we're going to have to be able to talk about perspectives that challenge the narrative. And the narrative right now is for bigger and bigger and bigger government and more and more and more control. And the tools that are being used, well, they are many. One of the tools that has advanced this agenda in an extravagant way has been the COVID-19 pandemic. That is not to say that there isn't a COVID-19 pandemic. I do plan on maybe taking some time to sit down and look at the data from an objective point of view. And you say, well, how could you be objective about it? Well, they're numbers, okay? So we'll look at the numbers and we'll look at the narrative. We'll look at the medical journals, the studies, and we'll look at the narrative. And we'll see do those things line up? I would argue that in many cases they do not. That is not to devalue the loss of life that people have seen over the last two years. That is not to take away from all of the suffering that we have seen in the last two years. Okay? I'm not a COVID denier, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Any of my uh, fellow veterans or active military personnel will be able to attest to the many, many myriad vaccines you get to have administered when you travel abroad. I never made a big deal about it. To be honest, I never really thought much about it. I just figured that was a disease that was prevalent in the area I was going, and so I took the vaccines. The point is, if I challenge the narrative, if I bring information to you and I talk, to, talk about it in a way that doesn't jive with what you're being told somewhere else, I will provide those links to whatever, I'm, whatever 
medical information I'm bringing to you, I'll provide links to it. And for the most part, I can get that information from sources that even the technocrats like, like the CDC or the NIH. I can get PubMed articles for you. I have access to a lot of medical journals that I can't necessarily share, but I can share the information and do maybe do an APA uh, reference for you on it. I'm, I'm not going to just throw random data at you without backing up what I'm saying. It is important to make those points because remember the cave, remember the shadows on the wall of the cave, right? If you feel yourself being unshackled and turned around and the firelight is a little bright, just remember, let your eyes adjust, let your eyes adjust, then come to your conclusions. If you feel like you've been dragged out of the cave and the bright sunlight is burning your eyes and things are just blurry and they don't make sense, that's okay. That's okay. Let your eyes adjust and then look at it objectively and come to your conclusion. Now, it's just an allegory. So if you don't come to the same conclusions as I do, it doesn't mean that I'm saying that you're shackled in a cave mentally. I'm just using that as an allegory, like Plato did, okay? Just just to rebuff any potential disturbance about that. Look, I know this was a little unconventional, a little bit of a rant, a little less structured. I just sat down and hit record. I really appreciate you being here. I value your time. I value your attention. It, it is an honor. It is a privilege. I know how precious time is. We only get so much of it, right? And for you to give me some of that, well, it means a lot to me. I'm sentimental like that. I feel that just talking to you honestly and openly and giving you a little more background might help. I don't intend on making this podcast me talking about myself or how I feel about things. The point is to bring information to you, back it up with links to the information, to the sources, propose some things, and then allow, allow it to sit with you and let you come to your own conclusions. Thank you for your time and attention. For all you listening, you are valued, you are loved, and you are worthy. God bless, and good night. There's no turning back once the fire's lit, let the embers glow and be done with it. I'm startled by my Lack of fear as a world I love